0: Big
1: Squaw. Phil?
0: Hey, Phil? Phil? Phil Connors? Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me because I sure as heck fire remember you. Not a chance.
2: <laughs> Ned! Ryerson!
1: Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western, High. Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing! Again! Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to
0: anymore. Well? Ned Ryerson? Bing! Good old J.R. Jim Ross, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to Hobo Radio. And everything you're about to hear is absolutely fact.
1: And now, to guys
2: who seem to be made to suffer. It's their lot in life. Joel Murphy and Lars Periwinkle.
3: Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And with me, Lars Periwinkle how's it going
2: hey what's up money
3: what's up man how's it going i
2: think before we um uh get started just a little bit of housekeeping because i i love getting the feedback for the show especially during the tournament um uh really really constructive helpful feedback such as i'm gonna text lars the name of a director that isn't in the tournament with no context whatsoever cool that's keep, helpful. keep it coming, yeah. though. I do like it. It is it is a little helpful because it's really like I love the context is you dumb asses. <laughs> I
3: look, I'll I'll take a little bit of heat on this. Lars and I, we really sat down and we thought there were only 16 directors. And I'm a little <laughs> embarrassed to realize that there's a 17th. So don't tell me who it is. But
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's look, I, I think we tried to pick some. What we did was we picked names that everybody knows. That are directors that we don't have an emotional attachment to, either positive or negative. The names that have been omitted are names that we either feel passionately against or too strongly for. Mel Brooks was never gonna be in this tournament because I yeah. can't eliminate him. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. John Carpenter, I can't I can't eliminate one John Carpenter movie, so it's impossible. And on the other end of the spectrum, I mentioned it last week, but I'll say it again, like a Ron Howard isn't gonna be in the tournament because it's pointless. He's gone immediately. <laughs> Yeah,
3: it's weird. I maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like last week we talked about our selection process and- a little bit.
2: And I love, I love that you, 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 glorious, precious fans of this show are passionate about this tournament. But honestly, like it's locked in. This is what we're doing. And I think as we get closer to the end of the tournament, it's starting. It's going to start to make a little more sense. The um, the names that we curated. Because but we, we did. This was like a five. Five conversation like back and forth between yeah. me and Bill really trying to edit this down to something manageable
3: yeah uh, real quick do you want to give out your cell phone number if more people want to text you uh, about it <laughs>
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, I, can, I can give that. No, I no, just no. Give the <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I was going to give the call and notes number.
3: No, no, no. I was legit going to remind people. Two one three seven seven zero seven two four one is a voicemail that uh, you can call and maybe we'll play it for the finals. If uh, and, I'll t- and I'll tell yeah. you what
2: we did. This this is just I'm shooting from the hip here. If you call up and give us a name of a director and make a really good case for him. But there could be a wild card position. But I mean like state your case and do it well. We're gonna listen. And if
3: you send us the name of that director um in the memo section of a personal check for say five hundred dollars, it's definitely on there. So Oh
2: man, and we we'll have yeah. snacks for next week. show.
3: So. <laughs> uh we should probably introduce our guests for this week.
2: Yes. Um Come on, guys! You know who they are. You think you're going to get out of the tournament without hearing um, <clears throat> the voice of uh, of some Peak Sloth Podcast Network legends? Um, Pat, you weren't on Peak Sloth, were you? Uh, briefly, we yeah, Expert was experts. When... It yeah. was yeah. yes. Sitting to yeah. my left is from uh, Experts of Nothing and uh, your local bar where you harass him drunkenly to play your your song
0: next. It's Pat Stork. I'm here today pushing real hard for Alan Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: um, from the the much beloved and much missed uh, Curiosos podcast, it's Christopher Scarborough. Hey, Chris.
1: Hey, guys. What's going on? Good to um, good to be here. And um, all I have to say, I just come in right out of the gate. You guys have already kicked off Quentin Tarantino. So what
0: really am I doing here? <laughs> Well, <laughs> everything <laughs> else. Well, <laughs> you Anything can take a fan c- of film has done since. <laughs>
3: also, Chris, you can take great comfort in the fact that we were very kind to him on last week's show. So we may have oh, eliminated yeah, him, yeah. but we we had glowing things to say about him And his career. Also, can and I just say, he's a person, <laughs> can I just say I'm Appreciating We got some some very nicely shaven
1: heads this week. So <laughs>
2: we do. we do some some glorious bald heads on this show. Looks fantastic.
1: Well, you know, I mean, um, when you have, you know, you have to, you got to shine it up, you know, make sure it's glorious. Yeah,
0: we are the cinema domes. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Is so it- I will say this: out of the out of the people on the Curioso, though, I appreciate you guys going for charisma, but uh, maybe you should have went for the intelligence with Joe. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, at least I can bring the charisma here. He I also,
3: no. uh, you know, I also went for the person who responds to my texts. So that... <laughs> uh, Joe, if you're listening, I miss you, buddy. But uh, but
2: I miss Joe. I, <laughs> I have so much respect for Joe. Joe Taylor doesn't do anything that he doesn't want to do. That's true. It's so fantastic.
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have any more housekeeping, or or is it about that time?
2: No. I, no. I. I uh i Uh I think I'm good if you if you want to ask the question. It's been a week. The debates were a little heated. Fans
3: who feel like we got it wrong, weren't quiet. We went through a first round that tested us, but now we have the promise of new matchups. For eight years, there's one place where we all come together to be contentious, to escalate to team up on Lars, the Hobo Madness tournament. There's nothing like that moment when y'all ready for this kicks in and we start debating.
2: Well, that's that's done. Hey, I forgot to I forgot to mention. I know we're into this now. <clears throat> I went to um, went to the Bowery Ballroom last night um, in you know Lower Manhattan to see uh, this really good band called The Dip. Um, uh, a few a, a few adult beverages in, I go to relieve myself in the men's room. I happen to glance to my left, and I was like, "Is that fucking Spider Man?" <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was peeing next to, to- Toby Maguire. Oh. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Did you point at him and he pointed back at you from you? Yeah. That was-
2: yeah that's People with our penises. We yeah. point our penises well, at each other. Well, this is yeah. exciting because I,
3: I think I've told you that I uh, ate lunch at a restaurant that I sat at a long table on the opposite end from Andrew Garfield. So we're really just a Tom Holland away. Oh
2: Man, we're a Tom Holland away from getting the trifecta. I love yeah. it. And also, you never you only told me personally, you never told anyone on the show. Uh, But one of these days I want to hear about this Maria Menounos encounter because I was super into this.
3: (laughs) I mean, we don't have anything important to do, right? So check this out. (laughs) So they did a WWE pop-up in LA and I parked in front of the store and I went in and I walked around and it it was this very small, like just space where they were basically just selling overstock WWE t-shirts. So I was like, this is nothing. But as I was walking out, there's a car pulled behind my car because I'm literally parked in front of this place at a meter and the, I hear a voice saying, oh, are you leaving? And I I look back to say, yes, I am. And it's Maria Manunos. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude, like there's actually like money on the meter. And she was like, oh, great. Thanks so much. And then was like, she ended oh,
2: like her fancy red car, uh, just a normal car.
3: It was a it was a nice car. Like it was like not uh you know i'm not good with cars but it was definitely like a high-end like a lexus or something you know like a nice like black some kind of car i can't afford
2: if it were if it were me and granted i'm a jackass but i think you should have like when she asked you that question pointed to your wedding ring and been like take it easy (laughs) manunas also someone already scooped daddy up Also, I was worried that
3: this was a diversion, but like we we are talking about movies, so it feels fitting that we start with Maria Menounos, like just kind of introducing everything. Uh, But yeah, uh, I've also not told that story on the podcast because that's the whole story. I don't like it's it's sort of Maria
2: Menounos, what a find! (laughs) All
3: right, uh, but our first matchup, we have the Coen Brothers versus Penny Marshall, and last week I shared what Letterboxed seemed to think was their top movies. I have a more infuriating stat this week, which is their overall Metacritic scores. So according to the weighted scores of all of their movies, the Coen's 68% on Metacritic and Penny Marshall, 55%. Yes.
0: Hmm. I'm curious which ones bring down the average on both of them
3: yeah like well penny marshall as we talked about last week hasn't done that many movies (laughs) so
0: (laughs) so like i can't imagine that there is like some sort of a hate wave against like a league of their own no but on the other hand like who watches a coen brothers movie and really just bottoms out the review you don't find their movies unless you know what they are
3: yeah but i mean they do like critics and everything too so it's like yeah
0: Um, critics love to hate on the Coen Brothers as not being as good as the last thing that they liked that got critical acclaim that they also shat on in their review it's like it's been a long 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 running trend by the way when
2: I when I have a question about the Coen Brothers I don't even go on the internet I text Pat
0: because he's got a a better answer yeah I mean my vote is already cast (laughs) in my DNA
1: Well, I, um, I actually have gone a a different way myself. I, you know, I, I, if you guys are figuring this out, um, you know, you were talking about, uh, like it made me think about, you know, you were talking about the WWE earlier. And, uh, I was thinking about, you know, you know, the, the Marvel characters, characters that you were talking about. And I was thinking about whenever they throw them all together, like the Beyonder shows up and they throw all the characters together and they have to fight and, you know, the Royal rumble and that kind of stuff, you know, you can only have a certain amount of people that you know what I mean can go into the fight. So you know, people wanting to throw, you know, extra directors in—that's it's kind of it's kind of messed up. You you can't throw every single character in, right? So what I've done is, um, for each director, I have picked one character out of their entire oeuvre of who they've directed that I've decided is going to be my champion <laughs> for each director. Who's uh, oeuvre? And I'm going to, I'm going to fight them two together. And whoever wins that is going to be my vote.
3: I, I hope it's the little boy from big, but go oh, on. We're going to, we're going to figure it <laughs> out. Well,
1: he gets big. So
0: where, where do we draw the line?
1: So this is filed by combat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Look, I've, this is my mini game. Okay.
0: okay. I just thrown okay. this in. So this is how um, I'm going to do it. Against the little boy from big. I will throw the little girl <laughs> from true grit who wins. <laughs> Well, what
3: are I, they, what are they playing? Are they, do they have guns? Is it a duel or is it like a pinball machine that he has in his apartment? I mean, it does, you know,
1: Oh, this is, this is whatever weapons <laughs> that they had in the movie they're allowed oh, to bring grit. into the mini game. Yeah. Okay. So, so but this is only, this is only yeah. for my vote yeah, go for, only it. for okay. my vote. It, it's, okay. it has nothing to do with any of you guys. This is uh, okay. this is me. This is my sure. vote. This is how I'm going to do it. So I will
0: say that, I mean, true grit gun and big, Arcade Machine, if you've ever been to Ocean City, Maryland, gun wins over Arcade Machine every time, at least twice a week.
2: <laughs> so who, who you got? Who'd you choose?
1: Okay, well... Have you guys, are uh, you guys going to bring out the first matchup or? Wait, I just said it.
2: Oh, sorry. Okay. We've <laughs> been, been talking okay, about so. it for a while. We don't get this crap with Joe Taylor. He listens.
1: Yeah. He does. He does. And uh, he is a good listener. He holds my hand while he does it, looks right into my eyes. It's amazing. <laughs> but he's not here, is he? Because he didn't answer your damn text. All right. So I've got Carl Schul- Walter, uh, as played by Steve Blushemi fighting against Dottie Hinson played by De- Gina Davis. So out of those two, I'm trying to think. I think that Carl would throw Gina's bat in right into the wood chipper before he went in, um, leaving Dottie Hinton, uh, Penny Marshall, being uh, being the winner there. I am. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I feel
3: yeah, like you're was, in a different tournament.
2: Comprehensive. Yeah. I'm. So Carl Showalter is from Fargo. Right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah He's, uh okay. Steve Blushemi's character the, the hitman you
2: say blue shimmy blue time. shimmy
0: you don't like that <laughs> it's kind of like chris mcquary versus chris McQuarrie. like there's ways to say every celebrity name um you don't like that some the celebrities themselves use
2: so bats in the wood chipper leaving gina davis leaving Dottie. um i mean she unarmed. doesn't have a weapon anymore but yeah. you know
3: but that's just
2: her and Carl and a wood chipper.
3: Well, I was going to say, I, if, if we're going with this logic, I, you can't convince me that Steve Buscemi could beat Gina Davis in a fist fight. So if that's where we're no. at. Like,
0: Gina Davis yeah. is an internationally recognized archer.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I think that's He's definitely yeah. going,
0: I mean, I,
1: if you really want to go with the actor, I mean, Steve Buscemi was also, he was a, uh, you know, a firefighter and everything too. I'm sure he can, you know, knows how to swing an ax just just well, throwing that not out as there. well
2: as peter Stormair, but yeah true
3: <laughs> okay so who was your uh, like sorry did, who did you pick
2: yeah oh, oh, I'm, I'm going
1: with penny marshall
2: yeah. yeah going with penny marshall i like okay, it okay. i like
1: it yeah so like i we- said this doesn't have to do this is my my own personal mini game about who's gonna get oh, please,
3: my vote d- please don't stop doing it no i'm, yeah. I'm into mm-hmm. it like for sure uh so are we one-to-one is that where we stand <laughs>
0: I guess. I guess so yeah um, yeah i mean and to give my thought process besides just blind loyalty um penny marshall directs by shooting everything like getting the scripts from every angle getting multiple versions of a performance and figuring out the movie and editing she's said she had said that plenty of times that she wants to make sure that there is a a freedom to the performances and to the you know everything. Whereas the Coen's are exacting. Everything is storyboarded. Every moment is thought through. And it's been said that shooting a Coen Brothers movie is a formality. The movie's already made. They just have to get it on film. And for me, that's directing.
3: Yeah, well, that's like I—I I know that they say every uh and um and you know all of those are always in the scripts for like the dude. His you would think Jeff Bridges is making those choices, but it's literally written that way. So yeah, yeah. that that is very true. Uh, I yeah. mean, I—I I also um, I—I I, don't—I don't have a fancy mini game or that much logic, except to say I like the Coens a lot. So. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> It's an unscientific vote, but I think my vote is for the
2: Coen's. (laughs) It's it's fun. This is a, this is a sneaky, sneaky, difficult matchup because you just look at the two, two names, or I guess three names and you say, well, it's, it's the Coen brothers. But what's hard for me is Penny Marshall's filmography is an extensive, but like a very rare misses for her. Like. Like the, the movies are great. I'm looking at the list, and like these are, these are great. Big, A League of Their Own. Like these yeah. are all really fun, great movies. And
0: then you, the Coens, same thing. They they really don't miss. Yeah, all they the movies miss, are great. We, you just named two Penny Marshall Tom Hanks movies, and even being one of the least regarded uh, Coen Brothers movies, I would probably watch Lady Killers before I would watch Big again. Uh, yeah. I would not. But <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the point of debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: No, I think if 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 the, if the question was who does Tom Hanks movies better, then I think it's Penny Marshall, but uh yeah. yeah.
0: Cuz Zemeckis is probably somewhere else in this.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think but uh but yeah. Yeah,
2: but you know like the 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 game is, the tournament is, whoever is eliminated, so are their movies from existence. And I have yet to find a good reason to not ever watch Raising Arizona again. Yeah, yeah,
0: right. I watched it 3 times in 1 day and it Jesus. just kept getting funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I was also homesick.
2: Yeah, so you there don't might you, you get Raising raider, Arizona though. you you lose the O Brother Werewolf <laughs> soundtrack like there's they they are a monster in this tournament and as great okay, as the, Penny Marshall is. The and,
1: O Brother Art their soundtrack is uh, is a a lot of remakes of old songs. So I mean,
2: sure, but not mini- that I've never heard. It's in one collection and it was put in the, the perfect context in a, in that movie. I'll, I'll burn you a CD. <laughs> okay. Okay, well then it's Penny Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to are you going to make Raising Arizona for me? I
1: I I mean, I don't know if I could do you know that kind of cage acting but i mean i I can
2: try yeah that that's the that's the big one for me i there are so many great coen brothers movies and so many great things to say about them but when it comes down to it like am i going to keep penny marshall and lose raising arizona no No. i'm not doing that
3: also this now gives me one more week another chance to watch the ballad of buster scruggs we can see if it happens by the finals you know
2: that movie that movie is (laughs) confounding yeah, like, I, why, are, why are you going to set up a slapstick
0: comedy and then hit me in the cool. gut with like I, prairie murder? I think that's one of the things that they do best is that they have a very Cohen style and they picked a genre and they're like, we're going to do six westerns and they're all going to feel like Cohen Brothers movies, but every single one of them is totally different. So you can see that we are doing different things every time. And it's always us and it's the same genre yeah, we are actually versatile in what we do. I think that's a hundred
2: percent. It's just, it's weird. It's so weird. Totally to start off with like, here's a, here's a, you know, a funny bloody, you know, Western musical starring, um, Tim Blake Nelson. Mm -hmm. And then a half an hour later, I'm watching Liam Neeson murder a quadriplegic. That's weird.
0: (laughs) Oh no, it's, it starts funny and it just gets more grim as it goes. And, it's not a fun ride, but it's a fascinating. <laughs> it, is, it is pretty fascinating.
3: But also, I do think, to Pat, to your point, like I know this is, doesn't count as their filmmaking necessarily, but the that Fargo TV show is just evidence for how much there is there that someone essentially created a cinematic universe of Cohen storytelling, and then does yeah. a different thing each season.
0: And, and thank you for like not just saying like oh uh, an expansion of the show, but like that show does really pull in so much of their entire film library.
3: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting the ways that it will like take something, but do it differently. Like it, cause they basically mm-hmm. did a season that was big Lebowski, but sad. <laughs> like what if big yeah. Lebowski was actually about murder was one of the seasons.
0: <laughs> and like taking soundtrack choices and putting them in a completely different style or like bringing in the UFOs from the man who wasn't there or. Yeah. Like, yeah. They like, Noah Hawley is doing just an encyclopedic fan service to them in the most beautiful way. Yes. So yeah. next year when we do TV spin-off, <laughs> with, uh, we're going to yeah. run out of topics at some point. It's mm. going to come up. God willing.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: So what you're <laughs> <we're laughs> saying is, is
0: the Fargo TV show is good. So I'll put the that Fargo down on the TV list. The Fargo TV show yeah. is phenomenal. It really is. <laughs> and the League of Their Own TV show did not make it a whole season.
3: Is it – it, has it already been... Has it come out? I know that they're doing it because... Oh, I know that Dar- was like
0: 20 years ago.
3: Oh, no. You know they're doing a new one uh, with Darcy oh. Carden. Yeah. Like, there's a new League of Their Own TV show in the works that I think oh. is Amazon or something. I, yeah. I only know it because I know Darcy Carden is in it. So, I've heard and her talking about it. I will it. watch
0: it just yeah. because of that.
3: Yeah. But, yeah, I didn't even know there was an original one. So, that's not a good sign. Yeah. It,
0: it was... It was Kind of like the Uncle Buck TV show they did with Kevin Meany. Like, they're yeah. just going to throw it at the wall and it won't stick. I don't care. I don't care.
3: I will say I watched that weird science TV show that they used to. <laughs> yeah, I was like five, six seasons. I, I think I went deep. I'm pretty sure I watched it all. <laughs>
2: But yeah, honestly, we. Might... I did the same thing with the uh, the Harry and the Henderson's TV show. I never missed <laughs> oh, an episode, God, of that. About that. and it benefited from coming on right before the Weird Al TV show. So uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think we're gonna miss that either. All
3: right, so we. I think we're three to one, right? I think this is locked in. Sorry, Chris,
0: but yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah, you could tell he was really yeah, fucking yeah. passionate yeah, yeah. about that one. <laughs> yeah, okay. But thank you for your thoughts for a penny.
3: I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to hear who's who your combatants are <laughs> for this next matchup. Uh, do uh, I
1: have to go first every time now? No, no, no. I, I was <laughs> just saying. I was,
3: I was doing a prelude to. So our next matchup, it is Spike Lee, who, according to Metacritic, is uh, 67% batting. Oh. Like, overall, it gets worse, versus Rob Reiner at 57%.
2: What are you talking about? Yeah,
3: I don't... I have questions for Metacritic. But yeah, so... Spike Lee versus Rob Reiner
2: Spike Lee was a squeaker for me last week and uh, I don't think he's making it this time like Carl Reiner is a is a beast Carl Reiner Rob
0: Reiner yeah. Carl Reiner's <laughs> son is a beast I mean if Carl Reiner was on the list and rightly there's an argument for the jerk
3: man with alone. two brains I mean oh
0: my god yes <laughs> uh, dead men don't wear plaid
3: yeah 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 uh, but no
0: but it's, yeah Rob his kid. <laughs> but his kid his kids are right. yeah 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 <laughs>
3: The fact that it is a wild thing to think about that Carl Reiner's kid is Rob Reiner, who was friends in high school with Albert Brooks, who would come over the house where like three of the funniest people on the planet would hang out in a dining room. <laughs>
0: like, uh, yeah, we, we got to go four because Bob Einstein was in Einstein. that room, too. Yeah. Super I Dave.
3: I get the feeling that he and. <laughs> Albert Brooks didn't spend a lot of time together, but maybe. Like-
2: I'm not going over to that nerd's house.
0: <laughs> You're just going to ask me yeah. to make some jokes and read a phone book, and I don't <laughs> see what's so amusing about it. I'm not buying you losers <laughs> beer
3: anymore. <laughs> That, that was, I don't know if any of you watched the, the Bob, the super, what was it? Super oh, Bob amazing, Einstein yeah. documentary, HBO? but it, man, I'm genuinely curious to hear more about, because you never hear him and Albert Brooks, like talk, like they never talked about their relationship, but it seemed, they didn't, they, they weren't super close. They, yeah. They
0: only, well. I think they were closest brothers, but they tried not to be competitive. Yeah. I think they there was a competitive spirit, and so they didn't want to necessarily be involved in each other's stuff is the kind of vibe I'm getting. Like My brother and I both do separate things, and my brother does stand-up, so I don't do stand-up. He doesn't try to write shorts because I do that. Um, I think they were kind of leaving each other to their own thing and like, let's succeed on our own. And better yet, let's watch each other fail on your own so I can call you out on it.
2: Um, And I thought it was really great when, you know, when we lost uh, Bob, um, Albert Brooks kind of filled the Funkhauser role. On curb your enthusiasm because there's no more Bob Einstein. So yeah. Albert kind of came in and was like, I, I will be the foil. I will be the curly haired Jew the, in the room that you guys shit on.
3: The episode they do where he has the funeral for himself is fantastic. Oh
2: my, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. They find out they find out he's a COVID hoarder because <laughs> they find all the supplies in his closet and he goes, I just bought this place. They they converted it from a CBS. <laughs>
3: No, yeah, okay, but then we we were definitely off topic. Yeah, um, yeah
0: we're, this has nothing to do with Spike Lee. Uh, yeah, by definition. Um, right.
1: So, has anyone uh, had a chance to pick yet? Is anybody
0: locking it in?
3: Well, I know you wanted to go first, so
0: well, okay. fine. Well, <laughs> oh, right, you had right. picked your character, your, uh, your characters, <laughs> and I actually do want to hear this to be okay, able to so, consider. So,
1: all right, for Spike Lee, I've decided to pick his um, uh, his his. Well, I, I was trying to decide exactly whether I should go fictional or not, but I just decided, oh, why pick not? David let's go, let's go Pick David Byrne. Malcolm, Elks, <laughs> Ma- Malcolm X, Denzel Ward. Okay. Of course. All right. Right. So now this is act- actually a physical confrontation. Um, uh, for Rob Reiner, I decided to go Annie Wilkes, Kathy Bates, and Misery.
0: I feel Holy uncomfortable fuck. with this. That is fan fiction. I would be very curious to read.
1: Well, I'm I'm gonna say, I mean, you know, I, I it's it's a hard way to go. I think I'm gonna have to think about it a little bit, but um, <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, she's a she's a real you know a real trapper, you know what I mean? I guess it really depends on where it is, but uh, I think um, I honestly think that Annie's gonna come out with this. I mean, she's got the sledgehammer, you
2: know.
3: I feel very uncomfortable with this. I,
2: this is adjacent <laughs> to very bad things.
3: Yeah, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yes, don't. Yes, yeah, yeah. I don't feel good about this.
2: No one say the word. No one say the word.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Someone else want to weigh in. I, are you being like, what's that Rob Reiner? And can we move on?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to say, like, Stand By Me is an incredibly important movie in my life. Um, it just means a lot to me because of when I saw it, the friends I had at the time, what it reminds me of. That time you found a dead body? i Rob Reiner. I can't give that movie up, but also you have stuff like Spinal Tap. Um, and you wouldn't, you might not be able to get Spike Lee doing Bamboozled without Spinal Tap existing in the first place. Um, I mean, that's, that's a very threadbare one-to-one. But, I don't know, like, Rob Reiner tends to emotionally connect to me more often, whereas Spike Lee, and I know you guys discussed that, sometimes he swings hard and he misses. It happens. Yeah, um, But when he swings hard and he hits, he makes powerful movies, but I don't know that they always personally connect. They connect on a much bigger scale, whereas like, if I'm at home just watching something for myself, I mean, Stand By Me, Uh, Princess Bride, Spinal Tap, like, and it's, I'm leaning a lot more on his early career, but he's the one I can't give up. It just means too much emotionally to me.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, Princess Bride alone is yeah, a movie yeah. that is very hard for me to imagine a world where it doesn't exist. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean that uh, as I said uh, last week, which seemed to shock Lars, uh, A Few Good Men for a long time was uh, my favorite movie. So, it was
0: I, very surprising. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the entire courtroom scene memorized. I've used it as an audition piece.
3: I have too. I've I like literally <laughs> have done the same thing. Yeah, uh, in high school, by the way, which they cast me in things, Absolutely. and I don't yeah. know
0: why.
2: In
3: high school, we would
0: have to, uh, arguments where everybody would just start the monologue, and it was whoever could go the longest without like losing their place. And it got to the point where like five of us could just do the whole thing shouting until we got to the end of the scene. We're like, okay, there's no winner. That was fun.
3: Yeah. It's also that movie is so funny to me because I that was how I was first introduced to Kevin Pollock. And I was just like, I really like this actor and had no outside impression of who he was outside of that movie when I was younger and then was like, oh, wait, what? (laughs) Like, who is this guy?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, that's uh, kind of that's kind of sucks when you have to find that out about. (laughs) But for me, look, for me, Spike Lee, he will always be the man who made do the right thing, which is is one of of the most perfect movies that anyone's ever made. But that was for me. Anyways, I'm going to keep saying that because I'm not saying that spike lee shouldn't be renowned because he should be mm-hmm. but well he's on me, the list you know 40 yes 40 years of making movies that's that's the one that is the one like whatever pieces of crap you made before or after that it don't matter because you may yeah. do the right thing
0: yeah, yeah. which and, is and he he invented a bunch of different techniques that filmmakers absolutely locked onto. Um, a hell of a lot of MTV's style guide for the '80s was pretty much pulled from Spike sure. Lee stuff, School Days, and Do the Right Thing, uh, most prominently. Malcolm X is an incredible movie. Yeah, it yeah, it is. Yeah. It is.
2: It's a little. Yeah. It's a little. I think we were talking about mm-hmm. this earlier, weren't we? I think one of the failings of that movie is he cast himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which
2: is irritating. Like it's so it's so obvious and blatant when the director is has put himself in a prominent role in the movie. Unless you're starring in it, you know, written, directed, and starring a person. We're used to that. But when you pop up as this prominent character and you don't ever leave the screen, it's like, why yeah. were you why were you in here? It's just
0: distracting. Yeah. I feel like Spike Lee. Is basically what Oliver Stone has always wanted to be in that I want to make important movies stylistically with all my NYU film school training. And Spike is always swinging, and Oliver Stone is usually just kind of checking out and saying, That's Let's swing it. That's true. That true. Yeah, That's yeah. safe. He does choose very safe topics.
2: Safe I'm, in that he wants them to be controversial. You know? Right. It's like everybody is <laughs> yeah. up in arms about this. So yeah.
0: I'll make a thing, and everybody will <laughs> think I'm controversial. Yeah, yeah. Get off your
3: ass. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it sounds like the the we're we're all decided. But it, I want to say two more things about Spike Lee while I'm thinking about it. Of one, I mentioned it last week. The music we were losing a lot of great music directing <laughs> that he did, uh, in, including most recently that David Byrne American Utopia thing oh, that I really yes. loved. Uh, and also, I just I really like how much Spike Lee loves movies, and so in a tournament where mm-hmm. we're sitting here talking about movies, like yeah just one last shout out to him uh just like because that's so clear in everything that you watch of his like how much he just loves like you know making movies talking about movies Mm -hmm. homages that are actually homages that aren't like quentin tarantino i hope you don't notice that i stole this homages that are like actually not hack work (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah hi chris
1: Yeah, (laughs) he also brought the round glasses back, which I appreciate. Also, yeah, I
3: mean, yeah, the the outfits alone, like that, if if he's disappearing as well, that yeah, I will be sad not to see uh, that man has style. But, uh, but yeah, the
2: original King's a comedy.
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that movie's oh, funny. Funny.
2: Bring those four guys together. Well done.
3: I think that's the thing is like, they're really, if you look at like the documentary and like music stuff that he's done, I think people forget about that stuff with him, but like, yeah, he's got a deep catalog. Like we're losing a lot, but I do think it's the right move.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah I mean the concept of this entire thing is that we're cutting away 15, 16th of film history. Yeah, but yeah, the the decisions are only going to get harder.
3: Yeah, I weirdly like feel like this is this might be the biggest loss, like to to film that we've had.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing, though, is that when you have like a character death in a movie, it makes you feel right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's making us feel like, well, whoever does win this at the very end, you know, they truly uh, and deeply deserved it, you know?
3: Yeah, this is like, this is like Chadwick Boseman's character in Defy Bloods. Like, we are now all haunted by this, this yeah. disappearing, and it'll inform everything that happens. So, all right. Um, all right, Chris, by the way, you're just, you're you're on warning here. Like, you're, we're gonna, oh. we're gonna move on, <laughs> but like, watch yourself.
1: Whoa. Oh, well, watch watch you don't, you don't here. like what's coming up next, then. <laughs> oh, no.
3: Oh, no. All right. Um. So... <laughs> Harold Ramis, 54% on Metacritic, versus Stanley Kubrick, 82%. He's the only one that has a because he existed pre-the internet. So right. like, uh but yeah, Harold Ramis, Stanley Kubrick.
2: I ha- I don't I don't even have a knee-jerk reaction to this one. I was looking I was looking at these two names for a long time. Like basically this whole week, staring at both of them going, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I wasn't prepared for this.
3: Yeah, this one's hard. Like, this is de- because it's just they're too, you know, d- do you want to like erase comedy or, you know, like.
0: <laughs> and literally modern comedy. Yeah. Because um, not just as a director, but like part of the Lampoon crew from Animal House breaking R rated comedy and budget comedy. And arguably with the bringing the score in prestige comedy. Like, yeah, God. Oh, God. I had someone at had, Stanley Kubrick.
2: Yeah. I had someone at work this past week. He, um, <clears throat> I forget how Kubrick came up. I'm going to say it was probably my doing, <laughs> but Kubrick came up and he, had, he he didn't recognize that name. And I said, Oh, he was a film director. He did, um, Full Metal Jacket 2001, A Clockwork Orange, um, uh, Dr. Strangelove. And he goes, that was all the same guy <laughs> and I, I never really thought of it before because stylistically kubrick's movies look very similar to one another like he just he has his way of shooting and mm-hmm. it's very beautiful but that's that's kind of his jam but um as far as like being genre defying like he just did it over and over yeah. like i'll i'll go over here to this genre yeah. i'll fuck that one up you want a horror also, movie here's
0: the birds or not a birds Oh, that's it uh you want a horror movie here's the shining you yeah. want a comedy here's dr strange love you mm-hmm. want a war movie here's, Pat's, here's Pat's science glory. fiction i made the definitive science fiction movie it's right. done now yeah like he basically just stepped into a genre to say cool done it uh definitive good luck guys mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And he tried to do it with porn yeah, he made that weird sex movie with Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I, love I wish that were the long weird sex movie with Tom Cruise. Well,
1: I'll say, like, I think when I first really, I mean, I'm sure that I've seen a lot of movies, you know, over my time. But but um, A Clockwork Orange for me holds, like, a special place as the first, like, really, like, gritty movie I remember seeing. You know what I mean? Like. Like like when I started getting into punk rock, somebody showed me this and I was like, oh, my God. And I and I just like remember bringing it over some girl's house and we were watching it. And of course, like like on a date. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, Uh, it was terrible. And um, so I've decided that I'm going to I'm going to go a different way. I'm not going to go with uh, anybody from Clockwork Orange for Stanley Kubrick. So just throwing this out here. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go a little bit further back, and um, for Cooper, I'm going to go for with uh, Professor Humbert Humbert. Interesting. Yeah. So the, the uh, and um the, the pedophile. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, oh, just so a
3: reminder, my... just a reminder, you've been warned.
1: I told so... you you didn't want to
0: hear where I was going.
2: Um, You're about uh, to be put but, on blast. Hang <laughs> on. You're a <laughs> free blast right
0: now. Wait, Don't for, say put we're on blast while no, we're no, talking no, about pedophiles. No, no, no. This is oh, God. God.
1: We're already for, in a mud pit. For Harold Ramis, I decided that I'm going with um, the devil, uh, Elizabeth Hurley, and Bedazzled. Uh, One of the and, hottest devils in history. It is. And she's gonna take Humbert Humbert to hell. And uh so she's gonna win it. You so know, I'm going like Harold where you with Harold Ramis this part. You know
3: okay. what? Yeah, that yeah. you yep. You you yep. brought us out there, but you, you brought it home. You so. brought it back. I, I, yeah. know,
2: I like that yeah. it didn't it didn't involve hobbling. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, I said the word. <laughs> <laughs> I said don't say the word.
3: Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: That's All right. good. Well, I mean so it's you're going Ramus, is that correct?
1: I am, I'm going Ramis,
2: yeah. Okay. So look, I, like I know like Kubrick
1: to me, like personally, I probably would have picked him if it was up to me, but it's not.
2: It's, it's up from, to these character yeah. fights. Yeah, apparently it's up to Satan. Mm-hmm.
3: I also yeah. love that Stanley Kubrick's uh, filmography lost to Bedazzled. I think that's right. It,
2: yeah. That is pretty good. <laughs>
0: yeah. He lost lost to, yeah. to well, Booby I mean, Satan. <laughs> Bedazzled has a problem with the finale, and Kubrick's last air quote movie was Spielberg doing AI, and the finale sucks. So I mean, attracts. You know what?
2: Yeah. You know what's going to push it over over the top for me is what what Stanley Kubrick gave us as far as performances. So, like knowing how to utilize an actor, I think is a huge part of being a director. And um, look at the performances, not only performances, but introductions to a career of performances on screen. Uh, the likes of Peter Sellers, Malcolm McDowell, Lee Ermy, mm-hmm. Vincent D'Onofrio—like
0: he was not. Ermy was not an actor. Nope. He was just literally doing that behind the scenes, and yeah. they're like, "Well, you're in the movie now."
2: Yeah, I think I think that's what does it for me. I can't I can't lose those pictures. Like honestly, I'm not saying they wouldn't have had a career otherwise, but I know that like Bill Murray's having a career without Harold Ramis. He won't mm-hmm. like it. It won't be as good. But we're still going to have. Bill Murray, it, we're going to lose, you know, Lee Ermey, Malcolm McDowell, who's like, I, I don't know. I don't know if they would have been as successful without that huge launch that he they got from Stanley Kubrick. Movies. I think he yeah. still
3: would have done Caligula. I think that that's still what yeah, yeah. still would have made yeah, that,
2: that <laughs> porno movie.
0: For sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Kubrick, didn't Caligula? No, I'm saying Malcolm he's, McDowell, Malcolm
3: McDowell still yeah. would have done that. Like, yeah, because uh, he was saying his career was, was Yeah, jumping
0: yeah. tracks.
1: All right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, if Stanley Kubrick would have done that, he would have definitely won my vote. But I mean,
0: he didn't. So the problem would have been all the multiple takes he insisted on. <laughs> so much fisting! I am out of it. Why all the fisting? I am dry. <laughs> all right. Well, I need three sandwiches and a water.
3: I'm gonna officially weigh it, like make this two to one, uh, in favor of Harold Ramis because Groundhog Day.
0: Yeah. Wait, man. Yeah. So one on. Uh, I'm go-
3: you haven't voted yet, Pat <laughs> yeah.
0: haven't, um, Groundhog
3: Day is a perfect movie It is, yeah And I, wa- I said this last week, I watch it every year So like, <laughs> just on ter- pure rewatchability of any of these films Like, I watch it
2: I know mean why you like that movie so much It's because uh, if that movie is real, then you don't ever age Right? Because your birthday is the next day And if we never get to it, then you're perpetually young.
3: Well, we get to it. And no, it's that my birthday is the best day ever. Like, it's the day (laughs) that you want to get to. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a reward. We're all... And look, you can't talk shit about that because you literally read off a list of people who shared a birthday with you on your birthday this year.
1: Yeah, you definitely did do that. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Uh, But no, I love that movie. And also, we might not have Tobolowski without that movie. So...
0: Yeah. Uh, we would always have trouble asking in some regard, but not like that.
2: Yeah, uh, I know. And, I know I already cast my vote, <laughs> but I'm looking at this list now. I mean,
0: Caddyshack. Yeah. Caddyshack. Shack. Caddyshack yeah. Vacation. Club Paradise is underrated. Stuart Saves' Family is a legitimately good movie, as long as you're not expecting a screwball comedy. It is. An, a, it's a really sarcastic and cynical take on... Family Trouble that I think would play a lot better now. It's just Stuart Smalley was probably not the vehicle to use for that movie. But
3: but yeah, I, I think it's just like, yeah, it's for me, just overall, like that catalog is more rewatchable. Like I really love Kubrick and like the Shining is a movie that I watch a lot, but like in general, I'm not watching like I'm not like, man, I feel like having a you know, like popping something on today and watching something. I'm not gonna like probably pull a Kubrick film just like casually, you know, in the same way that I will with a Ramus film.
0: I hate to say it, I think that's why I'm going Kubrick, is I have watched Kubrick's movies multiple times Shit. much more than Ramus. Uh, I've seen Caddyshack a thousand times. I've seen Vacation to Memorization, but same with Full Metal Jacket and 2001 and Clockwork Orange. And like, like all of these were movies that defined me in middle school, which is probably not a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> where are you are a movie goober. Yeah. It
1: really is hard to, to go with, you know, the drama. It's like almost the drama versus comedy with this one. I mean, it, it, yeah. it you know, it's, it is really rough, like, like, you know, which it, it's, it really, it's like two sides of the same coin, you know? So I, I think we really did very good, um, picking, uh, I was, I wanted to actually say that when I listened to the first show earlier today, uh, because, uh, it was the chance that I had to do it. Um, I thought that you picked out your directors together very well.
3: Oh, and, that was uh, random. And... I hate to tell you that was oh, random. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. really
1: thought that you picked them and put them together like i was like wow they are pitted together
2: so well so well, I feel, uh, that feels like, hey, what that feels I like. told you, Murphy. We need to lie about that shit.
3: What well, it also, it, I kind of love it that he brought it up now because it feels like a very Stanley Kubrick thing, and that he's reading meaning into something that there is no meaning to. Uh, oh, <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> <laughs> meow. No, no, that, that's not that's not a shot of Kubrick. I'm saying there's literally that Netflix documentary where it's like everyone's like, this is what he's actually saying with The Shining. Right, right, he's right, admitting right. that he did the moon landing, <laughs> like.
0: We wouldn't the have the moon landing. The wall tells you it's a fake.
3: Yeah, we wouldn't have the moon landing without Kubrick. So we do have to consider that. Like we're losing that. Yeah, but what have we done with it? That's true. <laughs> it's time to reboot. I think like that franchise. Yeah. You know, like it needs something. It needs a fresh take. Maybe Lord Miller can do something <laughs> with
0: it. And <laughs> Ron Howard's just gonna finish out with another. God follow. damn it!
3: Mm. All right, so we're two to two. I don't know what happens now. We're two to two. Yeah
2: like i was i was so close to going ramus but i'm i'm thinking about these stanley kubrick movies and i just can't like um i remember seeing probably the first time i realized i was watching a stanley kubrick movie was in high school in history class this they put on paths of glory i didn't know it was stanley kubrick it blew my mind it blew Mm -hmm. my mind this is a courtroom drama about um the french army and world war one everything about it should be boring and it was it, it was com- compelling beyond justification honestly like it's it's almost like i guess it's a really stupid thing to say too good but it almost is like too good like how did you
0: make this a good movie this should be boring yeah and it's absolutely fascinating um as a tiebreaker we to like just go around and say a movie you wouldn't want to give up from your director and no repeats?
1: Oh, no, we don't have to do that. I'll just flip. What? What? (laughs) What? Everything that I have is completely arbitrary. It's absolutely I'll just flip.
0: flip What
3: What just happened?
1: What just happened? Yeah, no, no, no. Humbert, Humbert, Humbert is now out of hell and back on, um, back on, because you guys couldn't decide. He's back on Earth.
2: (laughs) Oh, no, we brought back the pedophile on accident.
3: You yeah, guys did that, so, so I, that, you know, I take no responsibility. For that. <laughs> <laughs> also, Lars, you're losing that Ghostbusters thing that you love so bad from the new movie. It's gone. New Ghostbusters no, no, he is gone. Was an
0: actor. He, he, he he's director. gone.
3: He's gone. He can't. We're talking about directors. He can't part. be CGI in a movie that he helped create if
0: oh, he's going to explain this to Pat entirely.
1: That- He's and, gone. Did you not explain this to Patrick, but, yeah. that that like he completely disappears? He's gone. I mean, because now we're going to have me, to start actually. back from the beginning, because yeah. he didn't have the right frame of mind. Because I'm not living yeah. on,
2: a, on a world without SCTV, so if we're losing Remus but, altogether... Yeah, we're, we, also, we, if
0: we lose Kubrick, we lose Spielberg, we lose everyone that, Spiel, that Kubrick influenced.
2: No, the
3: timeline corrects the things they influence, but things they're directly involved with are gone. Like, you can't... There's no Ghostbusters. He's not in Ghostbusters. He doesn't exist. So, like...
2: You're changing the rules. i never changed the rules. Yeah, we literally okay, talked so about Ghostbusters.
3: We literally talked about Ghostbusters last week. Chris, you listened to the show today. Did we talk about Ghostbusters last week?
1: You did. You actually yeah. did. He did Thank say you. that. Yes. Oh, he did say that. Yeah, But he did say that three quarters of the way through... <laughs>
3: I brought it up for him because it was relevant for him because what Penny you're Marshall? What Penny Marshall acting like? I mean, we are losing Penny Marshall acting as I brought her up, but I don't know. Like, yeah, who's, we who's we, Penny Marshall? She's gone already. <laughs> yeah,
2: man, I don't know. Gordon Parker. Well, never heard of him.
3: Anyway, you guys did that, so there's no Ghostbusters. Mr. So, right, okay. not Ghostbusters. <laughs> Just want you to know, you guys killed okay. Ghostbusters. Okay, so. we killed Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, I guess technically the Paul Feig one can still exist. I think that maybe that made it through. Um,
2: uh, <laughs> what
0: would it be based on?
3: It's an original property. It, it, <laughs> it, it's the only one that has ever existed.
2: You're Well, at least it doesn't ruin my childhood that way. You've <laughs> been <laughs> so stupid.
3: Alright. Uh, so, for our final matchup, uh, Miyazaki, who is ranked
2: TBD, on metacritic oh my god
3: i don't know what they're waiting for they need more movies from him
0: <laughs> the jury's still out on this man who retired
3: uh versus steven spielberg rocking a solid 62 percent
0: i i well, know a lot that. of that's the movie always <laughs> sure
2: <laughs> you um you when you texted me the bracket um earlier this was days and days ago And again, we both said it's that last matchup again. Mm -hmm. That one, you know, it's that last. Why is it always the last matchup that seems weird? So I thought I had to think about it for a long time. I almost like did some meditating on this because it's rough, right? This is a rough matchup.
3: Well, this is uh, to go back to what you just said five seconds ago. Someone's childhood is getting ruined. Like no matter what
2: happens,
3: we're destroying a childhood.
0: one hemisphere <laughs> of the earth's childhood is getting ruined uh, yes. uh,
3: yeah for sure yeah so um uh, and then we, we
0: also have to take into consideration
2: that we don't want to be anti-semitic it's all it's all remember we're not anti-semitic Miyazaki's not jewish oh boy oh boy oh boy
1: i'm just gonna throw this out here um <laughs> i was i was looking into some of miyazaki's uh films do you know that like
2: they're all cartoons.
3: <laughs> this is this is well, hold on. We got to recalculate this. I didn't factor this in. So oh, shit, let me
2: check. Yeah, Jesus Christ. They're all cartoons.
1: Oh, wow. I, I couldn't find it. I mean, really? We're just this cartoon guy. No, look, I'm just kidding. Um, I just want to throw out there like uh, like Princess Mononoke. Um, I just I spirited away. I remember watching a lot of these like spirited away. I think was what 2001 or something. That was I was more of an adult, but like some of those other ones are, um, I definitely remember watching as a kid and, uh, they were probably some of my first, um, interactions with, uh, like Japanese anime, which later on got way grosser. Um, but you know, uh, I think that, um, once you added the word uh,
3: tentacle to your search, then it changed, you know,
1: but, um, (laughs) no, no, I really like him. And, um, uh, I I I like Spielberg too, I, and I had a really hard time so picking in, my champions for each one of these.
3: Okay, so Indiana Jones versus Totoro, who wins? Tell us.
1: Um, actually, I I, I figured <laughs> I went. I was gonna go with. Uh, here's the thing: is I, I actually wanted to watch. Um. Oh, geez, which one was it? What's the one with a uh, no face? Spirited Away. Spirit yeah. Away. I wanted to watch that recently because I, I I it's it's I think I was um probably kind of a drunkard in 2001 uh, when it came out and um, I don't really remember it as much. And I kind of wanted to watch it with my kid because that's the one with like the little, the little uh, spirit animals too. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: That, yeah. I, and I, and Dragons. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but um, I really, so what is, what is no face? What does he do? What are his powers? Cause uh, he's going to be <laughs> fighting ET and uh, you know, I just need a little help there.
2: Well, no face ended up being <laughs> a, a water spirit.
1: Didn't so is he, he going to drown E.T.? Because E.T., he can help people fly, so he can come know,
0: out of the water. Can,
2: like, they almost accidentally killed E.T. I know, E.T. Doesn't, doesn't have anything. Have, yeah, returns yeah, e. are we're we're very hard. Flying, like,
0: put Paco in the air against E.T., like, actually come up with a field of battle. I think it's hard not to kill E.T.
2: Yeah, yeah. E.T. does <laughs> not have, have a it. lot of weapons <laughs> capability. That whole movie yeah. is like, be careful around this little alien. He's very easy to I kill. I know, but... yeah. <laughs>
1: He just seems like he's already kind of cartoony. I know he's live action, but I just feel like he would fight really well against, uh, you know, like, I don't know. Fair I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe I should actually go with the movie that movies that I like this time. Holy shit. No, no I, don't th- I, I don't think, think you should that would change be very it. fair. Yeah, I don't think you should um, change it up. No. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about it. You guys fight about the movies for a second. I'll think about who's <laughs> going to win this battle.
2: What pushed me, again, what pushed me to my decision was, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the list of films. These, these two men have made and, um, uh, you're gonna, I think you're still going to have a great shark movie, a great dinosaur movie, um, a, a great, um, alien movie. I think there have been a lot of good dramatizations about, um, the atrocities committed in Europe during world war II, Uh, but, I don't know anyone else out there, and doesn't mean they don't exist, but I don't know anyone else out there who's going to give me Howl's Moving Castle, Kiki's Delivery Service, um, Spirited Away, Princess Mananoki, uh, Totoro. I think these are so unique and original and important to people who love them. Um, and I don't think anyone else is making those movies. I think you'll, you'll lose him and you're losing a, like one of the most unique voices. And I can't do that.
3: I mean, you've been gunning for Jurassic Park this whole tournament. So I know you hate that film. And yeah, that's not
2: what I said. That's yeah, you said.
3: can't stand it. And you're, you're looking for a way to erase it from history. I get that.
0: actually, I've never said that. <laughs> if we could just narrow it down to one 1993 movie from Spielberg. So I got to go Schindler's List. I, was, I would go yeah, Schindler's, Schindler's, Schindler's List, list. Yeah, probably. But, okay, what's sticking with me right now is the ruling that their involvement negates movies. So without Spielberg, we don't have Richard Donner with the Goonies and... We don't have Joe Dante with Explorers and Gremlins 1 and 2. Like, how many careers were produced by Spielberg? Poltergeist doesn't exist. And Toby Hooper directed that movie, but it was very heavily produced by Spielberg and story by Spielberg. So you lose him on the writing credits. Like, I
2: mean, Spielberg pushed Lucas to, to make A New Hope. He was about yeah. to give up on that thing, but Spielberg was one of the only champions of Star Wars who said, yeah. no, this is actually going to be really good and you should finish yeah. the damn movie. Yeah, yeah Diploma
3: it... was like, quit. You'd
2: give it yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. De, Palma De Palma's career shows you that. Yeah, Coppola did the same thing. He was like, what are you doing? Stop making this stupid movie. Mm-hmm. But look, you tell him, like, does that mean... Spielberg doesn't push George Lucas to keep making Star Wars. So we're without Mm -hmm. Star Wars. Look, I I think we all know my opinion on that on that film. I live in a goddamn Star Wars museum. But yeah, it it ain't Totoro. It ain't house moving castle, you know what I mean. Yeah. Someone was gonna make a good a good movie that was probably gonna be pretty similar to Star Wars at some point. But Flash no one Gordon else is making Princess Mononoke,
3: yeah, Flash that Gordon was fans. already made, and that was what inspired him. So I that mean, was yeah. yeah, Flash Gordon combined Copy with nineteen
0: eighty one, and that's <laughs> the best one. Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, <laughs> but like yeah, like I am trying to figure out the butterfly effect and how far it extends because you lose Spielberg, you lose the Blues Brothers. Cause he acts in it and
3: no, I mean, he just, he doesn't act in it. Like that's, you know, that's if we lose Lauren Michaels, I think I'm
0: trying to figure out (laughs) where the line is. Yeah. Um, I think if you were a Ghostbuster, you don't have Joe Dante's mainstream career. You don't have so many people that Spielberg produced or shepherded in. You don't have Back to the Future or anything Robert Zemeckis because Spielberg recruited Robert Zemeckis in from USC to make everything his career did. So am I getting rid of Spielberg as a director on the shelf as a director or everything he did to American film from 75 forward. Like, that's a huge difference in what we're picking. Well, d- Devil's Advocate, if you get rid of Miyazaki,
2: you know exactly what you lose. You lose all of anime. Miyazaki's <laughs> movies. Yeah, You lose gone. all
0: of Miyazaki's movies. You lose all of the influence he had on the entire industry of, you know, anime. And you got
2: like, to make that decision for yourself. I'm just saying that's how I ended up where I did. like, I'm, I can't. I can't lose a Miyazaki. I just well, can't yeah. I think he's
0: too just, I think he's too precious. Well, and we're talking thing, about I'm, I'm really torn.
3: Well, we're talking about animated things we do lose tiny toon adventures. So just we tweeted.
2: To
0: to I'm saying that, a, that if we <laughs> yeah. lose Tiny Tune Adventures, then we lose Gremlins. One and two, we lose Joe Dante's career. Well, I'm just saying his if name we, was we literally lose back on. to the future trilogy yeah. and everything Robert Zemeckis did if we lose Tiny Tunes. So we we also get to lose Forrest Gump, so that'd be cool. Does,
3: <laughs> Tom Hanks is really taking a beating in this
2: tournament. I think the
0: real problem is that Tom Hanks works with all of the greatest directors. Fucking dummy. <laughs> uh, well, I
3: think Pat. Did you vote? Are we one to one?
0: Again, uh, I'm trying to still figure out like uh, where the rules set.
3: I mean, it's up to you. I mean, we DJ don't know. Dance. Like, I think we can definitely say that anything they were directly involved in. But if you're saying like they, you know, influence someone or they, who, I know no, that's Spielberg a Spielberg right.
0: directly produced Back to the Future, and basically, actually directly produced most of Zemeckis' earliest stuff so do we lose Robert Zemeckis I I don't know
3: <laughs> like I ah,
0: but you're making the
1: rules
3: <laughs> but but I'm saying you you are possibly creating that future and that what we're saying is that he doesn't produce that now if you believe that that means they don't get made that's for you to decide but I'm I'm saying Ghostbusters doesn't happen to go back to the last thing cuz like he was instrumental in making Ghostbusters so I think we can definitively well, say that as that as doesn't
1: happen i look, have a career with i have some yeah. breaking news um that's kind of important so, yeah. um no face and et have actually fought to a standstill and uh so we have to throw that that out and um in comes the driver from duel in his car and he just ran over to roto so um so yeah so actually spielberg wins it for me what
0: it wasn't even a bus line yeah, he was on no, a bus yeah. line.
1: And then later on, the uh, the tractor trailer kind of that, was that was chasing him came by, he ran him over too. So it's oh it's really kind of no. sad.
3: I also the idea that Totoro can be run over, but like I just don't there's nothing to suggest that, that thing doesn't just bounce off of a car and then float look, into Joel, the air and dance around. I don't around. remember
1: the movie that well, okay.
3: <laughs> okay, well, uh, if, if it helps, so it seems like we're one-to-one, and uh, I am going to go ahead and say it's Miyazaki, so that's my Here's. vote. Yeah.
2: Spiel, Spielberg has, like, he's got a long list of movies, but look, there are more misses than there are hits. Yeah. You can, Absolutely. Talk, about, you can talk about the other the other things that he influenced, but they could still have careers without Spielberg. We yeah. don't know, because yeah. we don't live in that universe, but definitely Robert Zemette Zeme- kiss was still going to be something a a talented director whether he got got an
0: opportunity whether he was just doing commercials and music i know i can live i can live without huge swaths of spielberg's movies huge spielberg himself i would go just miyazaki absolutely hands down miyazaki over spielberg it's the expanded universe rule that was just kind of thrown. Well, here's what we know.
2: S- if we lose Spielberg,
0: we lose Spielberg. I didn't last work. episode. Yeah. But
2: the, the rest of it, we actually don't know. Yeah. We, I mean, we just don't. There's no way to know that. We don't live in that reality. So if you want to say everything else is the same, but
0: Spielberg's gone, I mean, there's your answer. But we, yeah.
2: we don't know. We actually don't know.
0: It's fair. This is why this should be a, more uh, a season of Quantum Leap than anything. <laughs> well, you just said the secret word.
3: Yeah. Uh, We still have Quantum Leap, right? I don't think anything...
0: No, Donald P. Belisario still served in Vietnam and still was inspired to go into television.
3: But see, I think that's the thing is I think Quantum Leap is your answer. Back to the Future is your answer. Those timelines, the stuff still happened. You know what I mean? Biff was still in his life. Like it it might play out differently, but like the same core things happened. Every relative of Marty McFly still looks like Marty McFly. He still wants to (laughs) bang his mom in every iteration. If
0: If we're saying that the timeline hard corrects itself. I believe it does. It's a if fixed it's point
1: in time, yeah,
0: then I go Miyazaki. As long as I'm not losing all of the other stuff, I'm much more precious about everything Spielberg gave outside of what he did. Than Miyazaki, we keep. Plus, who the fuck cares about Jurassic Park? Am I right? <laughs> finally. Finally. Is <laughs> finally, Stan Winston made that movie. <laughs> Stan just, Winston is an absolute genius. Everybody else, fucking amateurs. <laughs>
3: Lars, thank, thank you. I know how hard it was for you to finally admit that, but I'm glad we got there.
2: <laughs> one of my favorites. That movie is so great. Cr- I just, this is what, it's exactly what I was talking about. You can't be critical of Jurassic Park for some reason.
3: I mean, just thank you for giving me a clean clip to just save for future episodes. I really yeah. appreciate that.
2: Context. <laughs> Can we all say thank God that... that christopher scarborough stopped eating that popsicle finally because it was really distracting (laughs) was it crunchy
1: i'm sorry no it wasn't
0: the crunchy
1: oh it's actually um my wife made before i started the show my wife actually made me a a bloody mary and it's a uh
2: what is it called Oh, the celery, celery, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Of celery I was chewing on, yeah. You for the audience at home, like Scarborough was sucking on the end of this celery stock. And like, <laughs> I mean, some like- of us buy <gasps> Curious, <so. laughs> it's which, in delicious bloody
1: Mary juice. Which I don't think oh. we've talked
3: about his mustache on the show, so I think that's important context as we're setting if, because I'm sure the audience is picturing this. So please picture Chris with a mustache that uh, does indeed look like, like, it's very like twirled, you know, there's
2: no, you, you you look like you chase Sonic the hedgehog on a regular, it's, it's pretty much the
0: mustache for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, like I not quite like I tied someone to a train track. It would have to be a little thinner than that. I think
0: it would have to be. It would have to be thinner in the middle and swirled a little on the
2: side. I think yeah. what it really is is it's Rip Taylor, but I wanted to make a reference <laughs> to 21st century that people understood. Wait, hold on a sec. Do you have any glitter nearby?
0: Yeah, sauce throw some,
2: some glitter around. Always.
3: <laughs> I also, if we want an older reference, I said to Chris before you guys got here that like he looks like a strong man in like the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Like if you put him in a unitard, like now, I used well, to do absolutely. that for a Yeah, yeah I yeah. really did. Yeah, no, I literally I asked if it was for work. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we we did it. We had we have a final four.
1: So I genuinely mean, don't think that I voted for a single person that won. Did
2: I?
3: You changed your vote to force one of the things to win. <laughs> so, oh, like, yeah. so, you cast the deciding vote. Listen
2: to himself. It's incredible. Yeah,
3: I'm yeah. not
0: sure who you voted for.
3: <laughs> we voted for Penny Marshall, <laughs> who lost. Uh, he voted for. You did you vote for no? Wait, you did vote for Rob Reiner because that was the. Uh, we're not re- recapping that, but yeah.
0: I tried. You
3: you're you're batting fifty percent. I think for well, for bad. success that's rate. Yeah.
2: So our final our final four are the Cohen brothers, Rob Reiner, Stanley Kubrick, and Miyazaki. That's it. Man, those are <laughs> monsters. Yeah. Good
3: luck, guys. Yeah, there's not a bad not a bad choice to be
2: had. In the finals, and again, so just Pat this out just here. left the room and said, "Good luck with that." Yeah, <laughs> just... I actually don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure I'm it out. Just throwing
1: this out here. You guys know that Miyazaki only does cartoons, right? I heard.
2: I you,
3: heard.
1: Yeah, there's and a rumor going you guys around. Just voted yeah. for him anyway. There's a
3: okay. rumor going around. You don't like there. cartoons?
2: What's your beef with cartoons, bro? I,
1: I no, no problem, no problem. Just just throwing that out there.
2: Me calling us. Like we're kids? Are you saying we're children? Like we're amateurs? No, I'm little, literally just little being little inflammatory. Snob-
1: I'm sorry. I don't know. Oh. I don't know what's wrong with me.
3: Can you also go back and rewatch My Neighbor Totoro? I feel like your your understanding of it is very suspect. <laughs> I,
1: I I will do it. Okay. I will watch Totoro. Um, aren't they on uh, HBO Max? I think they they
3: happened? are. Yeah, they yeah HBO Max has deep right. on that catalog. So well,
1: I mean, yeah, I guess technically he still uh exists right now. So. He does. I can. Yeah. Yeah. I can go back and watch it. But uh no jaws. I can't watch jaws anymore.
2: Nope. You have missed anything. Here's I mean a guy named Harry, he has a bad hat. It's no big deal.
3: Also probably better for like sharks in the world. <laughs> All that shark that panic. True doesn't happen yeah (laughs) yeah they
2: did they did they the sharks took it on the um the proverbial chin after that movie everyone was like fuck sharks yeah yeah
1: Yeah, so
3: so we
2: probably have a
0: thing is like fuck sharks right yeah yeah that's it (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i mean as opposed to you know um (laughs) never never mind forget it i was gonna say as opposed to some of the other characters that i brought up I mean, I would rather yep. than be fucked really shines. you really really it trying so to bring
3: weird. this I love
2: yeah. It. It's, yeah, it's deliciously weird the way your mind works. By the way, I think you fucked up, Pat. Uh, yeah. It's all official now, but you know, with we lose, when we lose Spielberg, we also lose Mac and me. no e t, no Mac and me. What
0: if we just get Mackinby? I can, Mac I can and live Me. with that. But what if, we, lose, we do lose Paul Rudd being able to do that on we, Conan every single time.
3: I, I like to believe that somehow Mackinby is the only so thing that it exists. It, it exists, <laughs> but it's just there's like, no... that's <laughs> the hit. Yeah, like, yeah. There's
0: no E.T., so Mackinby becomes the definitive genre classic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a, a, a terrible wave of kids getting wheelchairs and trying to jump off clips oh, yeah. Does that make that makes battery
1: not included like the not the third tier <laughs> the second tier Is
0: that oh, jump man. up battery, uh, battery Spielberg battery. was involved in the story so that movie doesn't exist ah oh, well, Good. screw it I guess it's gone that yeah. movie made me cry.
3: Also, uh, Lars, I, am, I don't think we, we really gave enough weight now that it's settled, Lars, to the fact that you you were willing to get rid of Star Wars, potentially. That... Because,
2: look, I said it. I was really trying not to overstate it in the first round. But Miyazaki's movies are so unique and precious to oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't they, know. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. And I'm not saying that I can't be objective about it. I can be objective about it. But... Uh yeah, I would I will lose a Star Wars to keep a, a Miyazaki for sure.
3: Well luckily That's we still War. we still have a, a pork-based character who flies around in the sky. So yeah, we oh, lost also- porkins, but like
2: No. <laughs> <And> I, honestly- <laughs> Stay on
0: target. Stay on target. Well like, friends of mine who are listening to this uh, know that I'm not nuts about anime. I actually Overall, have been more disappointed with anime than I've embraced it. Mm. Uh, but Miyazaki is absolutely a standout. That I love Miyazaki. I love Miyazaki films.
2: He's his own genre. It's yeah, incredible. It, and that's yeah. the thing
0: is, like, I can. I'm like, I don't like anime. Don't recommend anime to me because most of my friends recommend stuff that is not something I'd be into. One punch. Of, man. <laughs> You'd like one punch. I man. would like that. Yeah, yeah it's really good. I did. This guy's can beat anyone. One punch. But- there's stuff that I like, but people were so blanketly recommending stuff that was terrible. And it was finding Miyazaki on my own after I'd already decided never to watch anime because everybody kept telling me the worst stuff to watch. I love Miyazaki, despite it being something I really had a bad distaste for.
3: Yeah, I think I don't I don't remember if I said to-
0: it's just that good.
3: Yeah, I don't remember if I talked about this on the show or not, but I think maybe I did. But uh, yeah, Molly and I went to the Academy Museum and they have a Miyazaki exhibit right now. And it's just like just looking at those, even the backgrounds, like just they have a bunch of the backgrounds. They have a bunch of artwork, obviously, like for the exhibit. And it's just like every single thing that might have been on the screen for five seconds is the most beautifully painted, skilled, like handcrafted loving scene like I any of the just backgrounds from one of his films I would put up as a piece of art on a wall like yeah
1: you guys are really selling this guy I might have to like start watching a couple (laughs) of the movies oh it's it's really good Good. let me
2: warn you before you start watching the movies they're all cartoons Yeah, yeah yeah okay all right yeah oh yeah I'll give it a try I'll give it a try
1: okay all
3: right so you
2: might think like well I don't I don't pee-pee and poo-poo in a diaper and I can wipe my own nose and stuff. So maybe I shouldn't watch these cartoons because I'm a big boy. But I've they're actually, actually they're like they're big boy cartoons. If I've actually it helps, been watching, the Simpsons um, is also a cartoon.
1: What is what is the one, uh, De- Demon Slayer? I've been watching that with my son. Oh, really? Right. Uh, Sam, he's been really, really into that. We actually went during COVID to go see the, the one. There was like nobody else in the theater besides us. But we actually went to go see the one, uh, the Mugen Train or whatever it was. It was pretty good. I've been enjoying. Right on.
2: it. Sam is rad. I had an extensive conversation with Sam, and we um, compared and contrasted um, Assassin Assassin's Creed Valhalla against um, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a good like fifteen minutes of like trying to like us discussing what we like and dislike about those two individual games. Anyways, Breath of the Wild is the best game that's ever been made.
3: So, so what you're saying is we should have had him on the tournament
2: my kid <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, insightful <laughs> funny intelligent <laughs> way better guest than me
0: but i mean breath of the wild is the greatest game ever but i hear dr mario i think i've got next year's tournament lined up Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right uh do are there things that uh either one of you would like to point people towards is there anything that you want people to know about
1: well, I, I'll throw this out here real quick. Um, uh, we've been a little bit slow in the uptake recently because the pandemic has uh, has done a lot of things to a lot of people. And um, it's been kind of rough. And I'll say, um, so we haven't been putting out episodes as much, but go listen to The Curioso. It's on thecurioso.com. You can take a look for our YouTube page. We have plenty of movies that we've shot over the time period, lots of shorts. They're all really good. And um, none of them are cartoons.
3: I heard a rumor that uh, you can see one Lars Periwinkle in a number of those movies.
1: Uh, Many of them. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually, um, yeah, he plays uh, many, many things in several of the Curioso films.
3: I also heard he does full frontal, right? In most of them?
2: Uh, I asked every single time. they like, it doesn't really fit into the story. I said, I don't give a fuck. It's out. It's
3: out. There's a lot of editing around.
2: Like, to crop it wasn't. The it wasn't it's like three pixels would take care of Some, it. Some really. like uh, <laughs> finely
1: placed fig leaves and uh, we were okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah. Just check out the Curioso.com and Curioso Films. It's a and, banana uh, leaf. It was a banana leaf. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Not a banana peel. Don't them it was a banana leaf. I mean, I'm not going to go palm tree, but it's more than fig, God damn it! <laughs> and uh, my wife wouldn't just come
1: say hi to you guys real quick.
2: Oh, cause... yeah, yeah,
1: Dana, oh, oh, She's running away. She's running wow. away.
0: Dana! But oh. well, we love you anyway. All right. Well, that was it. <laughs> oh, She's the best.
3: Yeah. Next time we're having her on the show. Yeah, no offense, Chris. Yeah, you but... should.
0: You should. <laughs> she has a book of notes.
3: Yeah. All right. Uh, Pat is... there? Uh...
0: Um, As far as stuff I'm doing, man, it's kind of at a standstill and or local. So instead, since you're all listening, hopefully, uh, to this film discussion, check with your local library. Check for their online databases. Uh, There's specifically uh, services like Canopy with a K and Acorn. Uh, You can get them free through your library and they have access in a lot of these to... Criterion Collection, Kino Lorber, A twenty four, Shout Factory, and then major studio libraries, and you get free uh, free fifteen credits a month, where you can just watch a whole bunch of classics. If you want to dive back into Kubrick or Fellini or uh, Miyazaki or like just so many different filmmakers, the library is giving it to you for free you can go and get an education and it's not aggregated the same way. A lot of the streaming services are, you can just look up classics and really like dive into some of these conversations with your friends. Like we're having today, check it out. Yeah, I got your library online library. and in person, but online there's so many great
3: resources. Yeah, Canopy is great. Like I, I did that thing like during the pandemic where I decided I wanted to watch all the AFI films that I hadn't seen. And Ooh. like there was a good number of them on there. Like it is, yeah, it is a very good resource for sure. So yeah. Yeah.
0: It's fantastic. And what? like high high res remasters. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah, no, they're great. Like and and oh, yeah, geez. they have a lot of new A twenty four stuff. Like they they seem yeah. to get A twenty four stuff like Pretty early. And they have a
0: blanket package with them, apparently. So, yeah. pretty much anything A24, as soon as it pops on whatever other streaming service, unless it's an exclusive, Canopy has it as soon as it's available streaming.
3: Yeah, I can yep. see this everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see this Everything Everywhere all at once movie. Like, the trailers of that look oh so God, good. I want to see that I know, so right? Yeah. It-
0: oh, my God. It looks
2: so great. <laughs> Speaking of A24, like, the killing of a sacred deer sounds like a really pretentious movie, but it's actually just a really good psychologically fucked movie from like 2012. Mm-hmm. And if you, yeah. if, if, you know, if y'all haven't watched it, just watch yeah. it, the killing of
0: a sacred deer. If, it's messed if, up. <laughs> if we do, if we do a tournament on like indie filmmakers, Yorgos Lanthimos, mm-hmm. uh, the guy that did that, mm-hmm. also did the lobster, dog tooth, and the favorite. The favorite is, is amazing. Yeah, it's like I love a masterpiece. He is one of my absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite. Before that even had any traction. I remember
2: Joel hitting me up and saying, "There's this movie called The Favorite that no one's talking about, and they're not
0: advertising it, but it's one Uh, of the best movies this year." I was chomping at the bit to see it. Like, yeah, yeah. I loved the Lobster so much, I had to track down everything.
3: Yeah, I think Molly and I saw The Favorite like opening day. (laughs)
1: Like we were, we were on that one.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. like it was just yeah, that movie's
2: fantastic. God, it's so good. I uh, I can't wait
1: to come on that that um uh, indie filmmaker and, uh, and defend Gus, Fan, Gus fans dance, you know? So I'm pretty excited about that too. Jesus, Ben. I All said gone. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, well, Chris, do you want to, do you want to tell everyone that we never remembered to highlight the songs that we're playing, but we have a special one to end oh, this yeah, week. Sure. Um, yeah.
1: so over the pandemic, uh, my good buddy, Joe, who has been in tons of, Bands with me, you know, and does the Curioso podcast with me, and I love him dearly. He decided to uh, basically remaster all of all of his old bands' music, as well as our one of our old bands, Wasted City. So um, I think you're going to play out a track called "Dirty Sugar" from Wasted City. That's uh, I believe Joe playing bass on that, me singing, him singing backups. Our friend Don's um, on there as well, playing guitar. Linda on bass. It's uh, it's just um, yeah, it's a good time so and a great
2: band name by the way
3: yeah
1: right wasted city yeah we played a lot throughout baltimore we really did my favorite was when we played at um at fletcher's and uh it had wasted city uh right underneath of uh 12.99 filet <laughs>
3: dude you guys oh open for God. 12.99 fillet? yeah
1: yeah <laughs> no yeah yeah it's
2: pretty good
3: <laughs> that's my name next to the salisbury steak <laughs>
2: don't you forget it i think it was a pepper steak actually. it might have been a pepper steak it's
3: been a minute since i've seen that one but yeah all right so remember question everything
2: shut up and get a lawyer
3: oh man was it a pepper steak now i gotta rewatch that episode
2: it was a pepper steak for sure
3: yeah. do we lose that episode shit
1: shot up there next to the pepper steak and don't you forget it
0: Hobo Radio is a production of HoboTrashCan.com If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one
1: This is Joe. And this is Chris from the Curioso Podcast.
3: You are currently listening to The
1: Hobo Radio. Joe, do hobos listen to hobo radio? I think so.
3: They have one
0: in their stick and bindle,
1: right? Uh, That's called a bindle stiff, sir.
0: Bindle stiff.
1: And you know what? If you listen to The Curioso, you will get to know things like that. Because we talk about the weird, the strange, the bizarre, and sometimes... The mundane that you just don't know.
2: So enjoy your two hobos, but you can catch us at
1: theCurioso.com
2: on the Peaksloth
1: Podcast Network. Nicholas Cage wants you to.